know it's going to be interesting like after we do all these x-men reviews like we're each going to have like pages about the entire x-men saga and that's like, yeah that's true that's just crazy to me like i keep thinking about that i'm like should I keep this or should I just toss it? It's going to be worth anything one day, but, you know. I'm going to keep all of it, I think. Our, our, our ramblings about what we thought about the X-Men franchise. What's up, guys? It's the Cinema Seekers here, and we're back with another week from Seeking Cinema. I'm Freddie. Hey, guys. I'm Connor. And you know, we're the Cinema Seekers, like I said at the beginning, and uh, we've been seeking the X-Men specific cinema for Man, the past. It's been a journey. How long? I think it's been almost two months, you know? I mean, with every week yeah. we've done one. Oh, yeah. I think this, besides this week, but you know... Uh, we've been doing this for quite a while now. Uh, we had only planned on doing the six canonical actual X-Men movies. Seven, I believe. But Yeah. Uh, yeah, <laughs> seven. Seven canonical movies. But uh, unfortunately, unfortunate circumstances have pushed the film we were leading up to to Infinity and Beyond. We don't uh, even know right now. So That's, unfortunate. It's, it's one of those disappointing things. Neither of us know what's going to happen. And we're just kind of we're just kind of going until maybe they announce a date. But yep. uh, this week we watched none other than James Mangold's The Wolverine. Yes, that's right. And uh, I I gotta say it was definitely an inter- interesting movie to revisit. Uh, it was diff- it was it was a strange time for X Men in 2013, especially. I think this was how many years after, um, uh, I think 2011, yes. they came out For, with... Uh, first Class. With First Class, yeah. yeah. So this was kind of like, this was one of those movies that was kind of like in between our regular scheduled X-Men films. But they clearly had a lot of plans in motion at this time because, uh, oh, we'll yes, get into definitely. it a little bit, but the post credit stinger of this movie directly sets up Days of Future Past, which came out the following mm-hmm. year. So they definitely knew what they like. They they had some things in the works at this point. And I mean, on that alone, I feel like there was another the Wolverine film also in the works. Mm. My personal feelings, because I that's how I feel after watching this movie and seeing how it plays out. And even with that, what they say in the after credit scene, I almost wonder if before Logan was there another Wolverine film in the works? I don't know. We'll probably get into that. Yeah, that's a little later. That's interesting to think about. I'm I'm very curious to see what you thought about this movie, Freddie. Um, I know I already told you this before we started recording, but this is only the second time I've seen it. Um, I saw it the first time in theaters with my entire family and my now wife um, when we were visiting my grandparents in Georgia. So we actually like took some time to go see this movie. And um, I just remember like going back to that post credit scene. This movie hyped me up so much for Days of Future Past. 
um, just like the the post credit scene, and then like I remember getting so into the marketing after that for Days of Future Past. But for this one, I didn't really, I don't really remember seeing any like. I mean, I'm sure I saw the trailer and stuff like that, but I don't really remember any specifics from the marketing. I don't know. When did you first see this movie, Freddie? Hmm. I, I have to be honest. I don't think I saw this one in the theaters, to be honest. Yeah. I might have. I think I might have gone with Sean and Keon, maybe, because I, I feel like um, this, because July 26, I think that was... Um, our second year in high school marching band. And I think I had stopped going to Texas because I had to stay behind for band camp and, uh, and do band camp. Yeah. <laughs> so I think I had gone with Sean and Keon. I'm not sure, but the first time I remember this movie, watching this movie was at home with my dad in Texas. So I'm not sure okay. if I saw it in theaters, but I know it's a movie that I did buy like immediately when it came out. Yeah. Because I wanted it just because it was, you know, Hugh Jackman's Wolverine, and right. I was not going to miss any of that mess. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I, that's, this is one of those movies I think I unfortunately missed out huh. in the theaters. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't own this one on Blu-ray, but after watching it on your Voodoo uh, tonight, I'm reconsidering <laughs> that. I feel like I need to own this movie in Blu-ray at least. So... Um, I'm probably going to make an investment sometime soon because I enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, this is definitely one of those. This is one of those excellent movies you have to own. Like, I don't, I personally don't see any way around it. Like, especially if you're like a, a hardcore Wolverine fan, it's one of yeah. those you got to get, you know, and I'm lucky enough to have most of the X-Men movies. I don't have one. <laughs> I don't have two. Never mind. And the second one I'm never going to buy ever. <laughs> yeah i wonder which one that <laughs> is <laughs> we're not even gonna mention the name two rating <laughs> <Just gonna make. laughs> yeah let's let's just think about that for a second oh but, man yeah this is definitely one that i would definitely get on blu-ray like asap you know i know current times you know being in place a little hard to do some like extra spending but it's definitely one of those films that if you don't own I would own it. Mm. Yeah. I think I was also lucky enough to get one that came with that extended cut, which I watched, and then Connor watched the theatrical cut Indeed. I had, which is interesting, because we're going to get into that at some point on this, as uh, whenever we begin talking about this. Yeah, yeah. So um, you want to start with, like, what was going on at this time? This is an interesting oh, yeah, month, you definitely. told me. So it was it was an interesting month, and um, if you want to follow along with us, uh, the website we use, I have started to use, is MovieInsider.com. Uh, the simple way, simplest way to um, search it is go on Google, type in July 2013 movies, mm. and it should be the second or third thing that you choose. But uh, this month only had one superhero comic book film which was this one yeah it was the wolverine that was the it seems like that was the biggest movie that came out and it didn't even come out till the end of the month let alone yeah that's crazy so that's kind of crazy that this movie being so big was one of the last films to come out 
in July, probably one of the last of that summer season. Yeah, for sure. I think because the only other comic book film that came out was Red 2. And Red is based off of a comic. Um, mm. Not as big as of a comic as like the X-Men per se, but it was. So Red 2 came out. You also had R.I.P.D. come out. Yep. We also saw The Conjuring. The first Conjuring film came out. And then we right, had yeah. uh, a kid's movie, Turbo, about the, the snail. Uh, a lot of competition back. from Turbo. Ryan Reynolds. A lot of competition <laughs> from Turbo. And then uh, we actually had um, Grown Ups 2, another sequel. Uh, that besides was... Red 2. Yeah. That actually probably was we... was a lot of com- competition because the first one was so popular. Do you remember how popular that movie mm-hmm. was? Yes, I do. I remember it's because crazy. we were... We were in the youth group together. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I remember I was late to the party on that film because you guys were all talking about it, especially the maze part. Maze. And I was like, I don't know what that means. <laughs> and then finally I watched it and that was way too late. I, I started saying it and it had already gone out of style. That's yeah. how fast that movie came. <laughs> but yeah, Grubs 2 definitely, you're right, had a lot of you know, hype behind it. Yeah. Since the first one was so good. And then another film that came out with Grown Ups 2 was Pacific Rim. Yeah, yeah. So Pacific Rim is one of those big monster movies that, you know, actually had caught a lot of people's attention because who doesn't like seeing giant monsters attack? Mm -hmm. And then we also had Despicable Me 2. I mean, there's probably a lot of hype from the first one because the first one did so well. Yeah, I could see that for sure. And then we also had The Lone Ranger come out that month yeah. as well. The Johnny Depp um, Army Hammer film. Mm-hmm. A lot of people apparently don't like. I enjoy it, to be honest. And then another film that actually came out that I think, I believe came out. Let's see. I'm trying to make sure I say this right. Did it come out next to it? No, it came out pretty close to it though. Smurfs Two came out as Smurfs well. Smurfs you know, Two. That was that. That was probably the Wolverine's biggest competition. <laughs> 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 oh, the old Smurfs right there, man. But yeah, so that was those are the notable films of that month. There's actually one more. Um, Fruitville Station also came out, which is uh, uh, Ryan Coogler who directed the Black Panther, and Michael B. Jordan was mm-hmm. actually in that movie too. I've personally I've never seen it, but I know that um, a lot of Black Panther fans uh, talk talk very highly about Fruitville Station and of course you know, uh, Creed as well. So that that is oh, yeah. a notable yeah. one because it came out that month. But continue. Hmm. But you know, like whenever I see all these movies, like the first thing I think is, "Wow, only one superhero film came out that month." Which is crazy yeah, to is, think. It's like, wow, it had, it had virtually no competition unless there was a superhero movie in the month before, which I'm sure. But even then, you know, by that time, that film would have, you know, been pushed out by these other movies. And the Wolverine probably had virtually no competition besides uh, The Conjuring, R.I.P.D. and Red 2, which were released a week before. Because, you know, yeah. the other films, like, um, like Grown Ups 2, Specific Room, those come out at the beginning of the month. You know, they're they're on their way out at that point. Because, you know, mm-hmm. at that point, they've always been out 
almost three weeks at that point. So yeah, it's kind of like to me the Wolverine didn't have much to guard against. Yeah, I agree. And I almost wonder why because that's a big ten pole movie if you're Fox. Like that's Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. That name holds so much weight to it. And mm-hmm. I guess I wonder. I feel like they had no reason to be worried, especially when you hear the budget. Yeah, isn't that the budget for this movie crazy, man. is super low? And I mean, only a hundred twenty million USD. Is, you know, gang, that's low. Get this: less than X Men Origins Wolverine. Mm-hmm. That is nuts, man. That is so crazy to me. I feel like a lot of it is because they didn't really need a whole lot of CGI in this movie. I think the biggest thing was probably the Silver Samurai, which pers- mm-hmm. personally I didn't really think that it looked that great. <laughs> uh, it looked all right. I didn't. Mm-hmm. I didn't like hate it or anything, but uh, that was probably the mm-hmm. biggest thing they had to spend CGI budget on, and so. Because yeah, there's not a lot of mutants in this movie, so you don't have to do, like, laser beams no, and no. stuff like that, you know? There's a total of three alive, one ghost mutant in this film, which is crazy. It's like, wow, this was an X-Men movie, yeah. and it only had Wolverine, uh, the the chick who played uh, Yukio. Yeah, Yukio. And then I had the Viper... And then the dead one was Jean Grey. So, <laughs> wow, only four mutants yeah. in an X-Men movie. Which I guess, technically, this is a Wolverine film. That's true. Not an X-Men movie. So we do kind of have to like be like, okay, hold up. They didn't need that many mutants. Which is true. You know, you really didn't need that many mutants in this movie. The plot was, you know, I don't think it even called for having that many mutants. Yeah, I 100% agree. I um I I liked how toned down it was actually. Um I didn't I didn't think it needed any anyone else and even like some of the people that it did have in my opinion it it started to get a little bit confusing for me to keep track of. So, um definitely d- didn't need anyone else in it. Mm-hmm. This movie made 414.8 million at the box office. So this movie made money. And I don't know if it was because of where it was placed or if it just, it, you know, was able to get that much money just from the name, the Wolverine, but it, it made like triple its budget back. So that's pretty good. Yeah, definitely. For a smaller budget superhero film. And it also shows you can make a darn good superhero movie with only $120 million and even better Mm -hmm. superhero movie than X-Men Origins Wolverine. With 150 million. That is so crazy to Mm -hmm. me, dude. That is insane. I know, man. Insane. Wow. By the way, real quick, um, I I was curious to see what other superhero movies came out that summer of 2013. And in June, uh, Man of Steel came out, The Birth of the DCEU. So, it's interesting. And I saw that one. I saw that one in the theaters. I remember that one in the theaters, my friend. Yeah, I did too. So, I, I guess that was my superhero for that. That summer. Yeah. Man of Steel. Wow. That's I crazy. can't believe that. I know. That is crazy to me. So, you know what? I did come to Texas that summer because I saw that with my dad here in Texas at a theater I now only live 10 miles from. Oh, wow. Or not even that. Not even 10 minutes from is what I meant. 10 minutes. I only live 10 minutes from the theater I saw Man of Steel in. 
Huh, cool. Wow, that's that's crazy that that came out that year, too. I totally forgot about that. Yeah. This is a pretty good movie. So I guess now we can go on to this cast. Oh, and yeah. it's literally an entirely new cast. Besides <laughs> Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. Um, and Key Johnson. Um, um Key jo- Jansen? I, that's a weird name. Who named her that? Get out of here. <laughs> Jean Grey. I'm sorry. I I guess I never noticed how weird her name was before, but what the heck? Who names their child Fomke? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure she's like some sort of ethnicity or something. Like she's probably... Yeah, she was born in the Netherlands, so okay. something so, something to do yeah, with that, there, yeah. Right? <laughs> she was raised with the Hobbits or something, but yeah, so those are the only two characters we know, Wolverine and Jean Grey, and yep. Jean Grey is dead this entire movie, yeah. which, you know, should be said that, you know, this entire movie takes place clearly after um, X-Men The Last Stand, mm-hmm. Wolverine clearly let himself killing Jean affect him so badly that he left the X-Men and has gone on his own somewhere. You know, I was thinking about that. Like, what was going on with the X-Men during this movie? Because who like, who was leading them? Because Cyclops is dead. Jean Grey's dead. Professor X is dead. Well, I mean, we figure out later on in the movie that he's not, but... <laughs> he's dead. <laughs> for, for the sake of this movie, we have to say he's dead because... Yeah. Um, Logan thinks he's dead. Exactly. So we kind of have yeah. to just see it through those eyes. So it's only Storm and um, Hank McCoy. <laughs> well, it. Beast went back to the government, though. So. <laughs> oh, that's right. He did. That son of a gun. So it's just Storm. Oh, my gosh. And, and Angel, so I guess. <laughs> Angel's there. And then I guess Colossus. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. I guess Colossus, Iceman. Kitty Pry, I get okay. So there's an X Men, but it's kind of like they're definitely not as strong as they are whenever they have Charles and um, Logan there. So <laughs> that definitely not. They probably do the smallest mentions <laughs> missions together. <laughs> Dang, that's weird. It is weird. It's weird to think about that. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. I know. I, just, I was just like, it's kind of, it's kind of weird that Logan just left the X Men, but it's even weirder that. Think about the X-Men who are left behind. I know, I kind of don't even... Kind of a... Yeah. A bad group. <laughs> like, I, maybe... maybe uh, the worst X-Men lineup. Maybe off-screen Jubilee just became, like, a freaking badass and, like, started leading the team. And <laughs> I, I hope so, because even at this point, Rogue doesn't have her powers. Oh, you're right, or, yeah. We're supposed to assume that. Remember, because she lost them at the end of X3. Yeah. So it's like, oh, she doesn't have her powers or anything. Oh, well. Dang. That's interesting to think about. Wow, what? that's a rabbit hole, Connor. I know. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to talk about that. Are you sure? <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. So um, other cast members. Uh, I think Yukio and Mariko were, pr- Mariko were probably the two, uh, the definitely the two highest build. So Mariko yeah, was definitely. played by... Tao Okamoto, and she was in Batman v Superman, which is interesting. I don't know that she had it. Mm-hmm. I don't remember what yep. she played in that movie. She was, um, she was, uh, I, rem- I remember what she was, and I can't get it out of my mouth. 
she was uh what's his flipping name um the villains of superman the main villains of superman lex luther yeah lex luther yeah uh, like lex luther's um like right hand person jesse eisenberg she gets killed she gets killed because that bomb goes off and she's like right next to it oh yeah okay yeah remember she looks back and she's like where is lex luther at and nope, he let her die that sucks yeah, she she got killed pretty quick <laughs> yeah she didn't last long i she doesn't really have a big filmography uh she's in westworld for a little bit i really thought that i well, recognized I'm... her from something and i I guess not, because I don't really, I'm not familiar with much of her filmography, except for, um, maybe, maybe I just subconsciously remembered her from Batman v Superman. So I don't know. I mean, dang, she doesn't have that many movies either. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Her filmography is really short. I think, I think the Wolverine and Batman v Superman were her biggest roles and that's it. Yeah. Hannibal, but I've never seen that, but that's on her known for, so. Oh, interesting. Huh. Okay, so we got her. What do you think about her in this movie? I mean, personally, she didn't really have a whole lot to do. I mean, I thought she was fine. Like, she wasn't... She acted I, pretty decent, I, I, but... She was a good actor, but I, I feel like she was just caught up in something that I've decided to call Logan the Love Guru Syndrome, which, <laughs> you know, every every movie has someone he's in love with. And that's what she was there for, unfortunately. She was there to be this unbeknownst love interest to Logan. And unfortunately, you know, she it made her not have much to do. Right. I mean, they didn't... I don't think they really gave a lot of depth to, like, her character. I really feel like all the depth was given to, you know, Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. And everyone else yeah. was just left at the wayside in this movie, unfortunately. And so it almost makes the exposition that this movie gives about, you know, the Japanese family. Yeah. It almost makes it kind of like, eh, who cares? Let's just get back to Wolverine, <laughs> really, at the end of the day. So I do think she was, she, she did good for what she had to, what she had to offer. Yeah. But I am proud of the movie for not copping out and making the main villain uh, an American actor <laughs> because I thought sure. I couldn't right. remember exactly how it went. And like when they were setting up the whole Viper thing, I was like, this is so pre like it wasn't predictable in the sense of like how movies are typically predictable. But it was just kind of like this. This is like a Japanese heritage, culturally Japanese movie, but the main villain and the main hero are both white. And so I was kind of like, that's kind of lame, mm -hmm. but they, they, uh, they, they do it well at the they end. They definitely spin it. Yeah. They definitely spin it in that regard. But we'll get into plot stuff uh, in a little bit, but I want to talk about a couple other cast members. So, uh, the girl who plays, uh, Yuriko or y Yukio. Yukio. Is Rila, Rila Fukushima. Um, the, she also, like, the Wolverine was one of her first movies. She was in another, a, a little short in 2010, but other than that, the Wolverine was like her. So th this movie launched a bunch of 
careers, it seems like, which is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, she played a little bit on Arrow as Katana, which is interesting. I haven't seen Arrow. I've seen a little oh, bit of The cool. Flash, but yeah. She played Katana? Yeah, wow, isn't that that's cool? A, that's actually a pretty big role, you know? Yeah. I mean, it was Arrow, so, you know, Arrow yeah. was Arrow. But, you know, that's still pretty cool. And she, she also did something in Game of Thrones, which mm-hmm. I'm watching right now. I'm only in season four, but I have not seen her yet. She's also in a uh, Ghost in the Shell, which uh, was a well, was a pretty big that, big that movie a, when it came out. <laughs> yeah, it was a very controversial movie. I haven't seen it, it so <laughs> I haven't seen it either, and I think it's because of the controversy because yeah. um, they. They did exactly what you just said. The whitewash. They took. They whitewashed yep. it with a a notable actress. Yeah, because that's really white. It's a pretty beloved. That's a pretty beloved manga. I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so unfortunately, but she also did a bunch of like foreign films, which is pretty good. You know. Yeah. Got to support those foreign films. Most of them I can't read because they're shred up in Japanese. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Some of them have the English titles, luckily. Um, okay, so this one's also interesting to me. The guy who plays uh, Shinjin, who is uh, Mariko's dad, or uh, Yashada's, mm-hmm. Yashada, I don't know how to pronounce his name, the old dude's son, basically, he um, was in Avengers Endgame. Do you remember who he was? I don't remember. Oh, he was the bad guy that um, Hawkeye killed, yep, right? Yep, that's it. <laughs> he's the last one that Hawkeye kills. Yeah. 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 Oh, my goodness. Isn't that crazy? Hey, he's a Marvel guy. I know. <laughs> <laughs> he's got a huge Another filmography. Crazy thing. But a lot of it's uh, Japanese film. Yeah, those are still films, my friend. Those are still films. I just can't read them. That's the only thing. <laughs> A crazy thing is he was in 47 Ronin, and it's funny. Yeah, that's because true. Because they call Wolverine a Ronin. Yeah. So that's pretty freaking cool that he was in that movie. And Hawkeye was, was also, also Ronin in Endgame. That's crazy. Yep, that's crazy. That's, huh. He has that many ties. Maybe, he's also in The Last Samurai. Maybe he's Tom just Cruise, a Ronin in real life. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe you might have a point there, dude. He's but he's set to play Scorpion in an Immortal Kombat movie coming twenty twenty one. That's cool. Cool. That's cool. I didn't even know they were making a Mortal Kombat movie. No, you didn't. Yeah, they're no, definitely I didn't. doing it, and it's uh huh. I hope it's good, honestly, because you know video games. Yeah. Video game movies have that stipulation of. Not being good. Well, there's so actually let's, let's several Mortal Kombat movies. I don't know if you've ever seen them, but oh, yeah. some are actually kind of fun. Uh, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> they're fun, but they're not good. Yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> uh, the CGI on the scorpion thingy is, oh, oh man, so God. bad. Uh, I watched a review for, I think it was Mortal Kombat. I, I can't remember which one. It, I think it was like, I can't remember the name, but it was one of the really bad ones. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. They can't do worse than that, right? They've already <laughs> hit the bottom. It's only going up from there. Yeah. At least we hope. Uh, At least we hope. 
Are there any other actors that you want to discuss? Um, we can talk about the the character that absolutely should have been left out of this movie <laughs> entirely. I think I know who you're talking which about. Is none other than Viper. Yes. Yep. Uh, why was she? Why did they put Uma Thurman's poison ivy from <laughs> Batman and Robin, the worst Batman movie in this movie? That's what she was. Like, she started talking, and she was talking like Uma Thurman did in Batman and Robin. Like, I guarantee you put their scene side by side, it is a copy, just Marvel. I even wrote down, this must be Marvel's Poison Ivy, just really bad. That's hilarious. I didn't even put that together until you started talking about it. I, yeah, it's like, this is the first time I realized it, because we're analyzing these films. And I was like, oh, no. And it ruined her character for me. And yeah. the rest of the time she was on screen, I wanted her off. I just wanted her off. She just needed to leave. Every scene she was in was cringy to me. I had to focus on the other actor, if there was another actor in the scene with her, just to get through those scenes with her. But she, for me, is the biggest problem with this movie. <laughs> uh, she just needs to you know, be flicked out. I, yeah, I don't know. I, I think they added her just to have, just to kind of explain how Wolverine is able to be, you know, incapacitated, get his mutant gene suppressed. And that's it. Which was still confusing. So they didn't really explain it well anyway. (laughs) So they didn't really need her for that. (laughs) Exactly. They could have literally could have had, a regular Japanese scientist do this, <laughs> yeah. what she did. And probably better, like, they could have made her, like, a female samurai and female scientist and been a hundred times better than what we got with the Uma Thurman Viper for some reason. I don't know why they made that decision. What's weird to me is but, yeah. how she ended up in a Marvel Fox movie anyway. Because all of her other films, I don't know if you've seen her filmography yet, but almost all of them are in a a different language, like Russian. She's Russian. Her name is Svetlana Kotchinkova. Definitely probably butchered that name, but whatever. (laughs) The only other English movie she's in is Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. And she's in how, a movie called, or uh, she's in a show called House Arrest for a little bit, but that's also Russian if you click on it. So yeah, I I don't know. That's weird that she ended up in this movie. Like there must have been some sort of like director tie maybe with James Mangold. I I don't know, but that's just weird for me to to see her in this movie when she hasn't had any other American acting experience. That almost explains why her acting, to me, is a little more out there than a lot of the characters. Maybe she just thought being in a superhero movie, you're supposed to play it that way, and so she did. Maybe. Maybe all she saw, maybe the only thing she had to go off of was Batman Forever. Oh, no. (laughs) No, Batman and Robin. Batman and Robin. Oh, it was Batman and Robin, because it had Mr. Freeze. That was the worst one. Mm Mm-hmm. 
jeez. Oh, yeah. Undoubtedly the worst Batman film of all time. <laughs> We're going to have to review those at some point, dude. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's all I really have to talk about cast. You know, no one else was really of note yeah. in this film. True. So, real quick, before we get into the points, this was the thing that I kind of had as a surprise. Um, I actually own one of the older Wolverine comics, and it's from... The one I have is from his short little four-series run in 1982. And so this was this actually mm-hmm. came out December 4th, 1982 is when it was released. But the end of this issue has Wolverine fighting Shinjin, Mariko's father. And mm-hmm. at the very end, the last panel is a wedding invitation to Wolverine and Mariko's wedding. Okay. Isn't that (laughs) so weird? So, um, it's actually kind of, it's a pretty good comic. I I haven't read the the whole series, but just this issue, because it's the only one I own. But I want to read you a couple of the um, dialogue, or a little bit of the dialogue in it. Because Mm -hmm. Wolverine has, like, just killed Shinjin's father. I mean, Shinjin. He's just killed Shinjin. And so... Right after he does that, uh, Mariko walks in the room, and then it goes to Wolverine, and he's like, She is the woman I love, and I have slain her father. Honor and duty demand that she become my enemy, that she not rest until I have paid for Shinjin's life with my own, or until she herself dies. Her hand trembles as she reaches for his sword. Even wounded as I am, I could easily take it from her. I could kill her a hundred different ways so quickly she'd never know what hit her. I do nothing. And then now this is um, uh, Mariko speaking. She says, Do you remember this blade, Logan? The honor sword of Clan Yashida forged 800 years ago by the supreme swordsmith Masumune. He was a man of consummate nobility and grace. Each blade he crafted is said to possess a portion of his essential character, his soul. This represents all we were and and are and wish to be it is perfection of form and function of reality and spirit to be worn not by the lord of the clan but by the samurai who best exemplifies those qualities my father brought shame to clan yashida by his actions he forfeited his right to touch this blade much less wield it logan the honor sword is yours and then uh logan says uh, miko no i am unworthy he calls mariko miko which is kind of fun and then she says you fought for the good of others, for right, for the truth, Shinjin, for greed, and ultimately for survival. You per- you persevered, though you believed that such a course would cost you everything you hold dear. And thereby, beloved, you proved that you are what Shinjin could never hope to be. And uh, just real quick, the last thing... So this is the last page where it has like the wedding invitation, but like a panel before that, it says... This is Logan speaking, and he says, Mariko tells me later that had Shinjin survived our duel, she would have slain him herself, and then, if successful, taken her own life through seppuku, which I think is, yeah, it says it right there, ritual suicide. It was tolerable for Noburo to act like a swine, indeed, almost expected, because he was a man without honor to begin with. But for Shinjin to behave in such a manner was an unpardonable crime. 
the ultimate betrayal of the clan, and as and as heir to the domain, it was Miko's duty to to mete out punishment. Fortunately, I beat her to it. Isn't that interesting? That is interesting. <laughs> it just it makes this while I was watching this movie, um, I had read this issue after I watched the movie. I had actually acquired it after I watched the movie for the first time. And so it had been so long since I watched the movie. And then going back and watching it this time, I was like, some of this seems familiar, but I don't remember it from the movie. And so I had to go dig out this old issue and, and reread the last part of it to, to, to get back to that because, um, that ha- it happens in this issue, which I thought was just really interesting because some of those beats do happen in this issue because Shin- uh, Shinjin gets killed by Wolverine in this movie. So I just thought that was really mm-hmm. interesting. But yeah, we can start talking about our points right now. I just wanted to um, give you that little treat because I thought that was cool. Well, it's very interesting that you just said that because I think... Because originally the Wolverine was a four-issue miniseries that our friend Sean actually owns. Yeah, he owns all four of them, actually. Which is crazy. Like, that picture you sent us, I didn't know that those were, that was the original Wolverine series. Yeah. I did not. Because I'm looking up, while you were saying that, well, interesting stuff, like, just from the comic, which clearly they took from for the movie, I didn't know that our friend had owned that entire first series so i'm kind of awestruck right now that my friend has that series right but i'm also trying to see like what they what they drew from but that's not his debut though you know that right yeah his okay. debut yeah. what yeah his debut was in hulk yeah he, he, he was at the end of 181 and then he was fully in 182 right yeah that's right Yep, that's like an iconic uh, cover. Like, uh, it's like battles the Wendigo. I think is what they were. Is that that's who they were fighting in that issue? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's. I'm just I'm a little awestruck right now because I can't believe Sean owns that. <laughs> I know. I plan to collect the other three at some point. I got this one for ten bucks mm-hmm. at Three Alarm Comics in. That's a, I, that's cool. I know it wasn't that much, and it's in pretty good. Like I sent you a picture of it; it's in pretty decent condition yeah, I see too. It, and it, that's pretty pristine. You know, I can see the spine has some things here and there, but still, uh, yeah, yeah, that's for sure. crazy that Sean owns what this was based off. <laughs> I know, pretty much. I want to read the other ones to see how similar it is to this movie. Now, <laughs> I know that that's very interesting. So, yeah. Um, Shall we get into our points now? Yes, we should. Would you like to go for us or shall I? Um, So I've got six points and a couple nitpicks. How many points do you have? I have seven points. Okay. And based on what we've already discussed, I feel like we have some overlap. But um, I'll go ahead and and start off kind of lightly with my first point. I love the opening scene of this movie, Freddy. I think it's incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, I just like when I, I remember seeing this for the first time in theaters and like from the beginning of this movie, I was hooked because of that first scene, 
because basically what happens is it's Nagasaki, which I don't know if they actually give you a, a location card. No, I don't. I don't think they do give you a card. Yeah, they don't give you a card. They just start. Okay, see, because that confused me, because I thought that it was Hiroshima, and I was like, "Why? How did they know about this? Like, isn't this the first bomb?" And of course, it ends up being Nagasaki, and Hiroshima's already been bombed at this point. So mm-hmm. um, that made a lot more sense to me after that, especially because Wolverine was like, "That's a B twenty nine, bub." <laughs> Uh, there's no outrunning that. And so anyway, I just I love like seeing him save the dude. And the whole scene is super tense, too, because it's like, holy crap, like, you, you know, it's coming because that dude has seconds. Uh, Yashida, Yashada, he's got like seconds to die. And Wolverine comes and saves him. And then just the part where you see like how fried he gets like that's crazy. Mm-hmm. It's just such a that's cool, a, a cool way to integrate that. That's all the first time we've seen like Wolverine's entire body like actually physically hurt. Well, you get a little bit of it uh, from Phoenix, but it's not near to this extent. Like that's just yeah. some like Thanos snapping stuff, if, if anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because this is the first time you see like a human thing affecting him to the level where like he's. Badly, badly hurt, and then you see his yeah, exactly. entire like system just replenish, and it's crazy. So that was actually a pretty good first time for this film. Yeah, but it does raise some questions for me. So, given that we just watched X Men Origins Wolverine, and it's fresh on the mind, where was Victor at this point? Like, because they were in World War Two, we know this. That so. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote that down. Um, that was one of the first things I wrote. I was like, um, hold up. Um, why? Where? Yeah, exactly. Where? If if this is supposed to be in that canonical timeline, why isn't Sabretooth? Because <laughs> <laughs> according to, to X-Men Origins Wolverine, this makes no sense. <laughs> like, yeah, like, and it's like, I don't know exactly how World War II played out with um like post Germany with Japan because I know it extended a little bit with Japan after um you know after Auschwitz was liberated and all that. Mm-hmm. Yes. But I don't quite know the details to know like of course we don't get any of that in um Origins. We just see that yes they were in Normandy. They were there on D Day. Well, so see, here's does the that thing, mean Norm Go for it. We, um, at this point, Normandy was like our first offensive into ger- the um, into the uh, Euro- European front. That was our first right. offensive into the European front. Yeah. I don't think we had our first um, front with the Japanese was Midway. After Pearl Harbor, we had the battle at Midway. Okay. So we didn't get to Japan until a little while after Normandy, I'm pretty sure, because we had to fight across the entire Pacific to get to Japan itself. But I, yeah. I do notice it, it is possible that Wolverine could have fought throughout Europe and then actually been sent to um, the Pacific. So this is mm-hmm. an out, a real possibility. 
the only thing problem with it is there's such a small percentage because by the time yeah. America had gotten all the way into Germany and by the time we got up the mountain to Hitler's um hiding place, yeah, the Pacific was about to be won. The Japanese were about to give up at that point because Hitler was gone. So we were actually about to give up. So Wolverine being there, it's a very small chance. That means he was one of the few soldiers that was told to go from the European front to the Pacific front. Because there were soldiers that that happened to, but it was very slim. So there were ground troops then in Japan? Yes. If Have you ever seen um, Hacksaw Ridge? No, I haven't. It's one I'm like on the top of my list that I need okay. to watch, man. Connor, it is on my voodoo. We might have to do a video on it. I mean, not a video. I agree. A podcast on it. I would love but to. But we did have an offensive in Japan. So okay. it's very possible, but very slim. <laughs> like, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. So that like means that it, but it in the been... context of this movie, that means that Sabretooth might not have been sent with him, which is still kind of weird to think about because they were like always together in like the war stuff. So I feel like he would have been there if Wolverine was there. Mm-hmm. But I think the only like I love the scene. I just think that the weird part about it is that you can't really like make sense of why he's there because he's not even really wearing like a soldier's uniform or anything. It looks like he's a prisoner of war, honestly, because he's like put in the I don't know what they're going for with that, but it's like a main point of the movie because it sets the events of the movie in motion. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, it's it's really interesting. They they had remember you saw all those prisoners in that thing. And um uh, what's his name? I can't find his last yeah, name. Yeah, Yashada. The, yeah, Yashadi or whatever. He yeah. he lets all the prisoners go, and then but Wolverine's in this pit for some reason. Yeah, it's like, exactly. Do they know he's a freak, and that's why they shoved him in there, just hoping he wouldn't, you know, break out. Because we all know Wolverine could have easily broken out of that. Well, was, maybe, but was, it was like I, a. I it could have like been Wolverine bolted. Have it. Well, it was, it was, it was chained shut, and he didn't have adamantium claws at this point. That's so right. yeah, he didn't. He didn't have those at that time. So I guess, but still, like if they would have opened it for like two seconds, that would have been it. <laughs> like he would have gotten out. It would have been know. funny if you saw um, uh, what's his name, the dude who plays Sabretooth, uh, Leif Schreiber. Leif Schreiber. Yeah, if you saw him, like, run out with the other prisoners. <laughs> yeah, see, that would have been great, but that's a missed opportunity, cool obviously. But yeah, which they, they would have also had to pay for him to do it, and I understand that. For just one scene, it wouldn't yeah, have been worth but for it. Like but like, two seconds, I don't know. They could have gotten to do that. I think it would have been really fun, like a really cool callback. Oh, well. Keep in mind, Brad Pitt did Deadpool 2 for a that cup of coffee. True. So, like, and Brad Pitt's much more of a big actor than Liv Shriver. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. Maybe that. Maybe you're right. Maybe they just didn't want to pay him. Who was asking for too much money? We'll never know. It didn't happen, obviously. But yeah, you're yeah. right. That first scene is awesome, even though it creates 
a whole continuity schmottinity thing. <laughs> yep. All right. That's all I got on that one. I just love the scene. On that point, all right, let me see. I'm going to try and start with a smaller point. That I, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and start with this point, which is my fourth point. It's called Logan the Love Guru Syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, they... Every time they have Logan in the film, except for Days of Future's Past, he has somewhat of a romantic um, thing, sensibility about him. I think Days of Future's Past mm-hmm. and Logan are the only two films where he doesn't have an immediate love interest. I think you're right. <laughs> but well, hey, unless you count first in. class. <laughs> yeah, true. True. He does have it. So I guess first class as well. But even in X-Men Apocalypse, when Gene touches his cheek, we all know there's something <laughs> going on there, and that shouldn't be yeah. going on at that time. True. And I, I, I think they, for some reason, feel like Logan needs to have love to feel purpose. And it's always yeah. romanticized love. It's not like like brotherly love or family love until Logan. Logan's the yeah. one where he has that fatherly love for X-23. Yeah. So, unfortunately, like, after watching all these movies and then watching this one, like, he doesn't even know Miracle. <laughs> <laughs> they have known each other for two seconds compared <laughs> to the rest of Logan's life. And he boinks her the second day to the gather. <laughs> it's like, yeah, okay, I guess, but I don't know. And I think that's, that's a thing that, unfortunately, they, it's like a trope almost <laughs> that they've oh, it decided is. To, to keep in the Wolverine canonical movies, unfortunately. Because even in Origins, he's in love with that other girl, which... That makes much more sense. That's a six-year relationship in the making. Even but though this... he, he never, for some reason, figured out that... Like, obviously, she would have had to be contacting Stryker during those six years. So he never mm-hmm. picked up on that, I guess. I or guess he just turned not. a blind eye to it. <laughs> <laughs> and then in, he... he immediately falls in love with Jean, even though yep. he doesn't know her. And we pointed out that... He kept leaving in between X-Men movies. So <laughs> how is he falling in love with Jean? I don't know. But she's the one he's seeing this entire time. Yeah. And that that actually kind of ties into this because it's like, why is he it, seeing Jean? Is it because he can't forgive himself for hurting a romantic love interest he had? Or is that just the devil that follows him? The gene devil. <laughs> it's funny because Amanda kept getting mad at that because it kept showing Gene and she was like, what about Scott? And I was like, babe, you got to remember, this isn't Gene. This is just Wolverine's like consciousness. It's not it's not Gene cheating on well, see, Cyclops or anything like that. <laughs> here's the thing. I wrote something down because at one point, Gene Grey says, I'm all alone. Aren't you going to come? And I wrote down, 
what about Scott? <laughs> you did it too. <laughs> yes, I did it too. And I, I did, I, what you're saying is right. But like, I was thinking from, I don't know. I feel like Wolverine yeah. would still think about Scott, even though he didn't have a strong bond with the dude. Still kind of sucks that Wolverine just forgot about Scott. And it was well, he's like, dead no, too. Dean wanted me. I know that. <laughs> <laughs> this is just ridiculous that, you know, oh, Jean just wants me. She didn't want that yeah. other guy. He was a ruse. It's like, no, <laughs> you dingbat. She was totally head over heels for Scott. And the whole reason uh, she saved the X-Men in the first place was because of Scott in the original X-2. Yeah. So I don't know. That That's definitely a thing that has happened in the Wolverine films. And it's like, ah, this became a trope. And it was furthered by this movie. Logan, the love guru syndrome. Uh, It it happened. And hopefully when the MCU starts doing the X-Men and Wolverine, they don't continue this trope. Because if (laughs) they do, I don't know how I'm going to feel about that. Well, it's like Sean said last episode when we had him on that Logan is just traditionally a hopeless romantic and Mm -hmm. they do kind of like they get that across for sure. Like he's he falls in love way too quick and he gets his heart broken. And I don't know. I don't know exactly how it plays out in the comics, but they just like it's not just Logan, though. That's the thing, because Fox has never been able to nail down the the romance part of these movies because even like the other big one that I think about is um, Kitty pride and an Iceman, and that we know that that sucks. Like the way they did that was just stupid. So that was stupid. it's like, there's not a good, even with professor X and Moira, like, Oh, I haven't seen her in 20 years. Let me go get some of that. And it's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> Yeah. I guess you're right, my friend. Yeah, but spe- specifically in this one, I I thought about that too. But if you th- if you remember in this movie, Mariko almost kind of starts it up. Like Logan's going on about like he doesn't have any reason to live, and she's like, well, "What about me, dude?" And then that's when they sleep together, and it's like, "Well, geez, you point. barely knew him." <laughs> so it's like, oh, I- yeah, it just comes out of nowhere. Yeah, and you're right. And maybe it's because Mariko is so, like, closed in from the entire world. So maybe. So she a, she's a handsome man and falls in love. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. That, that, I feel like in the comics, it's much better played. Obviously, they get married at the end of your comic. So Yeah, that's that. another reason. I, I feel like they were just trying to, like, push that in there. You know, because because of that, like, I feel like they were trying to respect the source material, but they kind of rushed it a little bit. And I don't I mean, I I was fine with it. Like, I I don't mind them kind of playing into that a little bit, but I wish it would have been more of like a flirtatious thing. Like, you didn't have to sleep with her. Like, that's almost going too far for the amount of time that they've been together. So I agree with you. I think that I think it should have been a little bit more like flirtatious, if anything. And then the whole gene plot is just kind of like, I get why it's there. Like I get, they really want you to think that he was deeply, madly in love with Gene, which doesn't really come across until this movie. Like it does a little bit in 
first or in uh, the last stand, I guess. But the f- we know we've already talked about this. X1 and X2 is just like it is just like a flirtatious thing. That's it. Like they kiss once and that's it. So mm-hmm. I agree with you. It's just it just feels kind of unearned. Well, I'll tell you this. Um, I, I was trying to see maybe it was James Mangold who kind of rushed it, but he's done. He did um, walk the line, the Johnny Cash movie. Okay. And I, I want to. And he also did the movie um, Night and Day. So he's done love before. It's not like a foreign concept. And even in um, Ford v Ferrari, there's a relationship between one of the car drivers and his wife. And that actually is a relationship that stands out. So it's not like James Mangold is foreign to mm. the love. So maybe that's something Fox tried to for. It could be. Yeah, I could see it. I don't know. But yeah, that's that was my point. Logan the Love Guru Syndrome. Let's just hope in our next iteration of the X-Men, we don't have Logan the Love Guru Syndrome floating <laughs> around. Yeah. But yeah, that was actually my second point, Freddie, was ro- um, romance. So romance. you hit it hit it on the head. So I'll go to my third point. Um, my third point is that I love the action in this movie. Like, it's, it's almost breathtaking to me because it's... The first big one you get is the, um, the one, right, that starts at the funeral, but it doesn't end at the funeral. Like, there's some motion to this action scene because it goes, like, into the Tokyo City and you get a little bit of a break, but then it picks back up on the train. And that mm-hmm. train scene train. is incredible. I loved mm-hmm. it. I was like... The, so the reasons I liked it was because it felt very dynamic um, as far as like all the movement and everything. And um, like they kept the motion going. I, f- I felt that it was pretty easy to track where they were at any given moment, which cannot be said for some action scenes in other movies. Um, X-Men Origins Wolverine. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, and then the other reason that I really like the action in this movie, especially that first scene is there's actual stakes in it. Like, you you don't exactly know why Wolverine can't heal or isn't healing properly, but he is. So every time he got shot with a bullet, I was like, oh, gosh, you got to stop getting shot, man. Like, this is not good for you. Like, it made me feel that. And so mm-hmm. I, I was like... Especially ah. when he's getting beat with the bat on the head. Yeah, yeah. And he's just, like, mm-hmm. sitting there. Like, he's just taking it because he's, like, he doesn't know what's going on anymore. So I thought that that was really cool that they were able to find um, a way to incapacitate Logan in that way. Like, I again, we'll get into a little bit more. I think the way that that that, that they I think the way that they accomplished that is a little bit weird. But I like that they did it because it made me feel more tense during all the action scenes, which I appreciated. But um, the thing that about the action there is kind of a downside was in the third act like the final action set piece was nah, it was all right it wasn't my favorite it wasn't nothing it was nothing compared to like the previous action scenes in the movie and i know that the extended cut added more action which i didn't i have not seen the extended cut so i don't know what else they added into it they it's not rated though so i imagine there's a lot more blood and killing uh, but I'll let you talk um, on that a little bit. <laughs> he, 
I will say about the action because I didn't. I don't have a point for the action. I just I want to add to it. I want to say that this is different action for the X Men franchise because mm-hmm. of what we were saying earlier. There's only four mutants in this movie, and out of those four mutants, only Wolverine is the one that has like a fight, a fighting chance. Because Viper is just pfft, screw her. She just yeah. sits on people with her poo poo breath or whatever. <laughs> And then, you know, Wolverine's the one who has, like, a real good mutant power. The rest of it, the rest of the action is a Japanese fighting style parkour kind. And then yeah. even though we have Wolverine, who is a mutant, who has a, um, an enhanced healing ability, it's taken away almost in this film. So it makes this mm-hmm. action feel even more lifelike. Like you were saying, it mm-hmm. feels different. For me, this is like, this is different action for the X-Men universe completely. Something we've never seen in a um, superhero movie um, before, because uh, this movie came out before um, Captain America um, Winter Soldier. And that was the next movie that had more spy honed in yeah. action. So this was the first movie that did something where it was, you know, more hand to hand samurai style action. And you are right mm-hmm. that um that last that last battle is kind of like oh okay we're going here <laughs> <laughs> yeah this is where we decided to go with that yeah it almost felt like they had to make it more like superhero-y in the last battle which yeah. I didn't think it was successful as successful as the previous ones because even like um the fights that didn't include Wolverine, like the scene where he's cutting into himself on the table, trying to get the weird thingy out. And mm-hmm. Shinjin is fighting with Yuriko or you. I keep saying her name wrong. Yukio. Um, <laughs> that, yeah, Yukio. that whole, um, even that whole action scene felt very tense. And like, I was into it and like, it continues. Of course, Logan does join in and that's where it, like, it gets pretty good there too. So I just enjoyed the action in general in this movie. You're going to say something else, though. I cut you off. Yeah, but like on the point where you said, oh, the um, extended is unrated. And uh, you just said something that is actually one of my points. So I guess we'll tie it in to your point, which is my point number two was this film was extremely violent for PG-13. And you just said, oh, wait, it's unrated. And I forgot yeah. that the extended cut was unrated. But the extended version is could be a R. I'll tell you that. Because the yeah. they they put blood in it. I I don't know how I did they have blood in the theatrical version you watched? Not a whole lot. The Not the one that lot. made me cringe the most was when um they stick into the silver samurai sticks the things into Wolverine's claws. You actually see some stuff spray out of his claws and it's like, Oh, is that bone marrow? So that mm-hmm. one made me cringe okay. a little bit, but so I'm going to tell you straight up. If you go back and watch the um, extended version, there is a lot of blood, like okay. an extreme yeah. amount of blood. And I put an extremely violent for PC 13. And it also, you know, though, and, I'm, and the way in the theatrical version, you know, the way some people die is still pretty bad. Like, you know, despite just getting stabbed by Wolverine, you know, you also have to add the fact that 
those dudes on the bullet train, some two of them got they, thrown out. They had horrible deaths that you didn't see. Like <laughs> I don't even want to know what they look like. Like they're just squash or something. Like it's it the, must be disgusting. The the dude that he tricks who he like jumps up but then goes back down really oh, quick. That man. one dude, he's probably still up there. Like uh, <laughs> on that just, sign. Splat. Just nasty splat. It's uh, probably bad. Yeah, so there's that, like, and in this one, like, there's one point where, like, Wolverine stabs someone and pulls out, and blood goes on the camera. Wow. I don't know if that happened for years. Yeah. No, it did <laughs> not. No. Definitely didn't happen. For, yeah, and I, I actually implore you to go and watch the unrated, unrated version now. Because yeah, I it want is, to now. There's so much more blood, like, I don't know if you remember the scene at the funeral, you know, Wolverine stabs a guy in the heart. And was there a lot of blood when the guy got stabbed in the heart? I can't even remember which guy he stabbed in the heart because I remember yeah, him stabbing stabbed a couple people, but it wasn't like, it didn't show anything bad. There's no blood hardly at all in those scenes. So. Yeah. Um, in the rated version, every time Wolverine stabs someone, he leaves blood. And like, there's one okay. part where he stabs this guy in the heart. He pulls out and you see blood fly. And the guy goes down with like a really bloody shirt. So hmm. they definitely were foreshadowing that the next Wolverine film yeah. was going to be R. Because yeah. they made this unrated cut. And I got to tell you, not knowing, I didn't, I guess I thought the theatrical had blood in it too. But now you're telling me, no, no, no. I'm like, wow. So I think if you're <laughs> going to watch this movie... Watch the unrated. It makes it it makes it more realistic because of how much yeah. blood there is. You know, when Wolverine stabs someone, they're not just gonna go down with nothing coming out of them. No, they're gonna <laughs> bleed out, and you're gonna see a lot of blood. The only other time I remember seeing blood in the theatrical version was there is like a quick shot of Wolverine's claws at one point, and there was like a little bit of like blood residue on his claws, but that was it. Like that's the only thing I remember seeing of that was bloody anyway. What was there blood whenever like he goes into the bathroom of the train? Oh yeah, there was on himself. Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. yeah. he has like the that. bloody paper towels and all that. Mm-hmm. He's bleeding yeah, all over the freaking sink. I guess it's okay if you show the hero bleeding, but if you're straight up going to kill someone, you can't show it. So, <laughs> yeah, he, I guess it's how they do a lot it. Of people, a lot of people like get killed and show yeah. their blood. The only thing it didn't show is when Wolverine. It's right after they take um, Miraco from the house yeah. that they were staying in. And you mm-hmm. see Wolverine stab that guy in the face, but doesn't show it. I think it's the only thing that they didn't show. Which okay. Kind of yeah. crazy. I'm sure that if it was rated R, they would have showed like straight up his claws going into the guy's head and brains going yeah. everywhere. So yeah, there was that. But yeah, the uh, it was extremely violent. If you watch the unrated cut, I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> Do you know of any other things that were in the extended cut that weren't in the theatrical cut? I don't know. Like, I know that know. There, they had surely not 11 minutes worth of just extended fight scenes. Like, I, I would imagine there's something else. I have no clue because even in the extended cut, you don't get, um, you don't get the Wolverine uh, costume in the extended cut. 
that's a that's a featurette you have to yeah. block separately, which is crazy. That's to me. weird. I thought that that was the extended cut had that in it, but no, that's that's an alternate ending hmm. is what they called it. And I watched that just just for this little review we do, but it's crazy to me that in the extended cut they didn't even put that. Uh, yeah, I always thought that. You know, was I've there seen too. I've seen the theatrical, and whenever I watched this one, and I remember watching the other one. There's not much difference, to be honest with you. I think yeah. the action is it. I think they just extend it, and they kind of draw it out more. But because yeah. other than that, there's not much difference to the story at all. There's not much different to anything really. Okay. From what I remember, hmm. I'm sure you you just watched the theatrical. I'm sure if you went and watched it, you would notice. But me not having seen the theatrical. In a while, I I don't think there's much different for me because there is like an extra eleven minutes, but I don't know where it is. <laughs> That's a lot of time to add, though. Mm-hmm. Let's see. I'm just gonna do a quick Google search. The Wolverine extended cut x or differences. There we go. Okay, so someone has made a little article about this. Okay, good, good, good. Actually, it's on moviecensorship.com. Okay. So, apparently, this is interesting. Even before the Wolverine went into production, there were thoughts about making two versions of the movie, a PG-13 version and a harder R-rated version. It was clear, however, Mm -hmm. that only the PG-13 would be screened in cinemas because every studio, in this case 20th Century Fox, wants its big-budget production to make a lot of money in return. Of course, we all know that. So... There's a comparison between the theatrical version and the extended cut. Uh, There are 65 alterations, 27 additional scenes shot in the extended version, nine additional scenes shot in the theatrical version. Whoa, so there's scenes in the theatrical version that aren't in the extended version, which that could just be alternate fight scenes where there's not blood. That's probably what that is. I would believe that because there's so much blood in the unrated. 10 scenes with alternative footage. Oh, well, that would also be the fight scenes. Three scenes showing different image sections featuring a zoom effect. I noticed a couple of those zoom effects. Did you notice the one where um, Nabuko, I think was his name, the archer dude, was on top of the building? And then you see the guy, you see one of the, the ninja dudes come into screen and he gets hit with an arrow and then he falls out of out of the bottom of the frame and it zooms in a little bit to uh, the dude on the roof. I thought that was actually kind of a cool little shot. I liked that. I think I remember that. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Okay. There were 12 scenes with added digital blood, three scenes with altered or removed score slash dialogue, and one digital alteration. So they've got all of the... um... Oh, what did it show when the... The Japanese dudes stabbed themselves in the beginning of the movie. Did it show it? Yeah, it shows them. It shows okay, the first yeah. guy stab himself. It doesn't show that. Uh, it shows kind of shows the other two. It shows um, um, yeah, Yashido watching them, yeah. but it doesn't like directly show them. But you see the first guy kill himself. <laughs> Holy up. crap! Yeah, there's a lot more blood. That's pretty much what it is. I'm looking at all of the the pictures side by side. Like, I might just have to email you this link so you can scan through it really quick. Okay. Because it actually has all the pictures side by side. And there's one, and it's of um, when 
Wolverine was having a nightmare about killing Jean again, and he like pulls mm-hmm. his claws out of her stomach. There is so much more blood in the extended cut than there is in the theatrical version. Because oh, there I is a little bit of blood I... in the theatrical version. Mm-hmm. See, I didn't know that. I'm going to go ahead and look at this stuff. <laughs> Holy crap. There's a ton See, more blood. There's so much more. The claws out. Some of it's kind of pointless, though, because, like, here's one where he stabs the dude at the bar with the arrow. In the theatrical version, it still shows the arrow in the dude's hand, so I don't know why they even reshot that differently. Yeah, I'm going to go right to that fight and see. Oh my goodness, yeah. The extended cut, like you see Wolverine's claws. Oh man. The tattoo guy, straight up. There is so much. You see it, like the after effect too, where it's just like dripping out of him. Oh, wow. Who took the time to do this? I don't know. Someone with more time than us. For real. Yeah, you're right. Every time he stabs someone, there's just like a crap ton of blood. Mm-hmm. Dang, dude. They definitely... They made... I I don't know. I guess I just watched it like it was regular. Yeah, so that, that clearly... I I still think the way to watch it is that unrated cut, but I guess if you have like the kids over or something, watch the theatrical version. <laughs> Otherwise, yeah, I guess a lot so. of blood. Yeah, I don't know. Interesting. I'm glad we looked at that because I was very curious to see what was different. I am too. Now we now Whoa! we know more. You see a guy get destroyed by a freaking snowmobile oh yeah that's right that happened and you see the blood like get splattered everywhere. oh my gosh that's cr- yeah that's not in the theatrical version at all <laughs> <laughs> dang man yeah you just see like she straight up like sucks him in and it, that's it. it shoots Holy blood crap. everywhere it shoots blood like all over the roof it's an entire extra scene dude like that is not oh. in the other one at all. <laughs> I did not know that. I I don't That's know. Maybe I just crazy. accepted this as a version that exists, and that I've always seen it that way. Dang. Okay. Well, that's probably the biggest difference to me is is literally the snowblower dude gets shredded in it. It's like the scene in the wood chipper in Deadpool. <laughs> oh my goodness! Yes. Now that we've gotten that out of the way, so that was your point, right? The yeah, um, the, I, the I violence. Put, I put extremely violent, but apparently it's only the unrated. <laughs> yeah. So I'll get to my next point. Um, the cinematography in this movie is beautiful, dude. Like almost every scene was just really well shot. And especially the scenes in Nagasaki. I don't know where they were filming on. Lo- like if they were filming on location or. Um, I, I don't think they were in a studio for that because it just looked really pretty. Like all of the all of the shot work in those scenes was really good. And the other time that I was really impressed was uh, during Wolverine's fight with Shinjin, and they were in that like kind of poorly lit by the moon room. But it wasn't poorly lit. It was like really good lighting, actually, in my opinion. It was kind of like this this blue tint over everything. 
And um, that also just, it looked stunning to me. I um, I thought a lot of the scenes had some really good shots in this movie. Did you pick up on any of that or were you kind of... Yeah, it was definitely, definitely shot really well. I, I definitely agree with you on that. And uh, so it looks like this film was mostly shot in New South Wales, which is in... Interesting. I think it's Australia, to be honest with you. South Wales? Wales is in a is in the U, is next to the UK though. Yeah, it, the for the Tokyo street scenes, it was shot in Sydney, New South Wales, and Australia. Interesting. But there are there are shots that were actually in Japan. But there was also the studio shots which were at Fox Studios. Hmm. That's beautiful, man. I'm looking at pictures of South Wales right now. That's got to be where they mm. filmed this, the Nagasaki stuff, because it's just like the water was so pretty. And... Oh, yeah, because I bet it would be crazy expensive to actually shoot where that, that archway is. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Crazy expensive. So they probably were like, yeah. eh, we're going to do it over here. <laughs> this is cheaper. It still worked for me, man. I was like, the... The cinematography as a whole really kind of like pulled me into this movie in a in a really good way. Well, I think if you like that cinematography, you should probably watch like all of James Mangold's films because he he's just good at like getting that kind of like feel in the film where it looks beautiful and it also feels rustic at the same time. Because that's what that's what this felt like to me. You know, it was. All this stuff was beautiful, but at the same time, it still had that kind of ancient Japanese feel to it. Yeah, kind of yeah. like a Japanese Western. I um, I'll go. I would honestly go as far to say that I think that this movie looked better, in my opinion. You probably have a different opinion, but I think that this movie looked better than Days of Future Past. Honestly, I definitely, definitely see that. I still think, for me personally, a lot of the um. The daytime scene that there's a future past just looked freaking amazing. Yeah. But yeah, oh, that's, that's my point about that. Like, I, I love the cinematography in this movie. It's a beautiful film. I even like all of the posters that they release for marketing. Like, I love the one where it's just like that Japanese style painting of Wolverine's outline. That's mm-hmm. a really cool poster to me. Yeah, I think that was like the most popular one, too. I yeah. think that's what I have as my Blu-ray cover. Is that that Japanese like painting style? Yeah, it's the one where it's black and then there's a red circle, right? I think that might have been your um, your extended cut one. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So I think uh, this is going to be this is kind of one point that ties into another point, which is. Um, I wrote that it's not a bad story, but this is like an odd one. Like, I feel like out of a lot of like <laughs> kind of Wolverine stories they could have done, like to me, this was like the oddest choice like they could have gone with. And now knowing that, oh, this was technically, this was Wolverine's first like big story arc. You know, yeah. it's not as odd the way that I see it now. But to me, it's like, I wonder what prompted Fox to basically make this and um 
which this actually kind of would tie into another point that I have, which they're very similar, but uh, they have, they're kind of a big different questions. Like this movie was also like an odd movie to put out. And I have to use that word that Sean used last week, which was this movie was nothing else than a cash grab again with the <laughs> Wolverine moniker over it. They again used Hugh Jackman and Wolverine to again make money. And they made money, as you and I have seen, you know, $400 million is no small feat yeah. from a $120 million budget. And they definitely really did really think, good. Yeah, I definitely think this movie is like, it's like, it's such an odd film to do like out of left field because like you just restarted the X-Men universe. And then yeah. you do this movie that ties back in to the older films. It was almost like they were, they were grasping to see if people would re- still had a, a somewhat more positive response to the old X-Men trilogy. And I almost feel like hmm. this one was trying to maybe perhaps soften the blow of X-3 because that movie is heavily referenced to every yeah. time Gene is on screen and even Logan, you know, admits, you know, I had to kill her to America um, at one point. So I, I definitely feel like this movie didn't need to happen. No, <laughs> I don't. I think if they would have just come out with days of futures past, we would have been fine, but yeah, they wanted to make it for no other reason than to make a lot of money and to just have it out there. Because I, I kind of feel like if this movie didn't exist, uh, I don't know if I personally would be missing anything. But because it exists, it is definitely one of the better X-Men movies. And I do really, did really enjoy watching it. I don't know. How do you feel on the topic of this being a cash grab slash kind of odd movie with an odd story? Yeah, I think, um, first of all, let me say, I think all of the Wolverine movies can be considered cash grabs, mm-hmm. but if it depends on how you define it, if I'm going to consider this one as a cash grab or not, because I think they did kind of take some risks in doing the Japanese storyline. I think that that is very popular for Wolverine, but for the typical American audience, they don't know that. So... um It's not like it was guaranteed to be a huge success. And I think that setting it in Japan even constrains it even more because like we already talked about, the action is way different from all the other movies they've already done. And so I think that that was a potential risk for Fox, but they went with it anyway. And I personally, I think it paid off very well for them because I love the action in this movie, and I love the way this movie feels more grounded than some of the other movies, especially The Last Stand. I definitely agree with you that this was almost like a... It, a they almost... I feel like Fox made sure they added the Gene stuff to soften the blow of The Last Stand. I feel like that's almost like a guarantee. And um, I don't know. I just... I like this movie, and... I I don't know if it's a like a cash grab in the sense that they just had to like get a movie out with Wolverine's name on it. 
Because if so, that's kind of unfortunate, but I I still enjoyed it. Well, see, I'm not trying to downplay the fact that this movie was was not successful or anything like that. <clears throat> I'm just saying that, you know, if you kind of look at it, it's just a little odd that this is the movie they decided to make. Like, out of so many other things they could have done yeah. with the X-Men in general, not just Wolverine. I'm not saying, like, oh, just Wolverine. I'm saying, like, X-Men-related movies. They decided to go ahead and do another Wolverine film, which we yeah. now know we have the Wolverine trilogy. But I almost feel like it was, like, the Wolverine trilogy is, like, the oddest trilogy out there because <laughs> none of them connect directly to each other yeah. at all. They all, they go and from... And it gets better with each movie. Exactly. That too. Like, they clearly, you know, they didn't have a plan with this. They, this just happened. So I don't, I don't know how I feel about this movie in terms of, like, the franchise true implications with it but i do have to say i am glad they did it because it is a good x-men film and they had a they were able to have another successful x-men film after first class did so well and then this did well boom that's two good movies under the belt especially since their last Mm -hmm. movies which were x x3 last stand and Wolverine X-Men Origins to come back with first class yeah. amazing movie the Wolverine amazing movie you know it's like they I almost feel like the they, next year mm-hmm. I almost feel like they wanted to have an absolute success and this story this movie gave it to them because of the history it had see before um what we just kind of learned you know, I didn't know that this is based off of Wolverine's first standalone four-issue comic. I had no clue. I knew it was based off of a Wolverine comic where he went to Japan and mm-hmm. had similar adventures. But I had no clue that it was that arc. And now knowing that it was that arc, I really heavily think that Fox knew what they were about to do and what they had with that being the first arc. And they knew they were going to pull every hardcore um, Wolverine yeah. fan in by just saying, we based it off of the first four issue arc. You had yeah. every hardcore Wolverine fans money right after those words were typed, left their lips, were seen <laughs> by any Wolverine fan. You have their money, like regardless that those people were going to go see that movie. And then you, definitely had the Marvel superhero fans and then you had the superhero fans. And after that, you got the general audience because this movie is a really good story. If Even if you don't know anything about Wolverine, I mean, technically this movie is the standalone film. Like yeah, you could it is. pick this movie out of the X-Men franchise, watch it and be okay. Like, the only yeah. thing you'd be confused about is the Jean Grey stuff, but even that gets explained in this movie. It does. A, a degree, but still gets explained. So this movie was really just a good standalone movie that you could watch. 
with the family as long as the PG-13 not <laughs> unrated yeah, cut, which we have yeah. figured out. <laughs> it's just, it's yeah. a crazy thing. And I think this is this is one of the biggest things for me because like I, after watching this movie, the first thing I thought was this is a really odd movie and kind of a cash grab. Yeah. See, you raised the point that, um, like, why out of all the X-Men storylines did they go with this when they needed to make this movie? Mm-hmm. And I almost wonder if it's because when they started Origins Wolverine with Hugh Jackman, I wonder if they signed him on for three-picture contract for just solo Wolverine movies. And so they had to do a Wolverine-specific storyline when they made this movie. I I would almost guarantee that that's the reason that they made this movie as, as opposed to like another X-Men movie. But one thing yeah. that's kind of frustrating is that um, one of the big things about Wolverine's history, like his adventures in Japan is he basically learns how to be a samurai and wield a samurai sword and everything. And you really only get that for like one very quick scene in this movie. Like, it would have been awesome if there was a scene of him just mowing down ninjas with a samurai sword. I would have loved that, but they don't really do that. Mm-hmm. It's kind of unfortunate, but you get the one you get the one line where he picks it up and he's like two hands. That's it. I know and that was such a big thing in that moment. He was desperately trying to get this sword to ignite, and he just was like, grr, grr, grr. and then he finally looks at the samurai and was like. Two hands. He finally figures it out. (laughs) Yeah, because it was also it was a callback to the same dude earlier, like Mm -hmm. when they were in the pit. Yeah. Yeah. So Connor, you should probably go ahead and give one of your points since we spent quite a bit of time on this. Yeah. So I've got one more point. I've got a little mini point too, but I guess I can just say that really quick. I thought that there is one. Really, in the third act, the score got really good for me. Before that, I didn't really notice it that much, but um, there was one moment in particular where um, it's right when Mariko gets punctured in the neck with with the Viper girl's fingernail. The score actually got really good, and I was like, oh yeah, it's coming, and that was like the beginning of the third act, and then there was some other moments in the third act where the music was really good, like when the ninjas were running around on the roofs and stuff. That was just kind of a little mini point that I wanted to mention that because I liked that part. But overall, I didn't really like nothing else in the score really stood out to me. Yeah, for for a score that's set in Japan, it really doesn't have a whole lot of (laughs) Japanese influence, unfortunately. See, that's what I was thinking for like the whole first two acts of the movie. And then the one time that I really kind of noticed it was in the third act and it was like, okay. At least they put a little bit in there, but I thought the same thing. Yeah, it's kind of a big missed opportunity. It's like, you know, you could have had that that kind of at least Japanese persuasion. And it would have definitely yeah. made the soundtrack a lot more memorable because, you know, Japanese music just has that feel to it. Like, And they didn't really give you any of that at all. It just never... Never got there, unfortunately. Right. Yeah. But it so it was a score. It definitely wasn't like Dark Phoenix where they copied things from other films, <laughs> but it was a score. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely better than Dark Phoenix. One hundred percent better. 
my last point, and I think this is one of your points too, is what's in it for Viper? Like, why is she in this movie? <laughs> Not one of my points, but something we do need to talk about. <laughs> it's so annoying. Like, I don't, I didn't, I probably didn't hate her as much as you did, just what, based on what you were talking about earlier. It seems like you really didn't like that they kind of went all Poison Ivy with it. I didn't really pick up on that, but I do think that she doesn't really have any reason to be in here because all she does is she incapacitates Logan and then she's there at the end to facilitate to facilitate um, not uh, Yashida, whatever his first, I don't even know if it ever gives his first name, but she's there to facilitate the silver samurai coming. But like, what's in it for her? Like, obviously, she's just a red herring because he's the main villain. But when you do a red herring, you have to have a, a, a good reason for the the red herring to be to be there in the first place. You know? Yeah, I I I think that the movie actually gives you an explanation and you're not going to like it. Um, that scene, whenever the Asian Hawkeye is uh, talking <laughs> to um, that's. That's who that is, by the way. That's Asian Hawkeye. Yeah, like without a doubt. I said that actually. I said that yeah. exact word. Yeah, that, that, that's Asian Hawkeye. But um, whenever he's talking to uh, Mirako, he's like, "She is a means to an end. She is evil. That's it." <laughs> that's, that's, that's why What's she's there? The... She's... I don't know. That's the but thing. That's she it. doesn't have any motivation. <laughs> like several times, she's like, "Yeah, I'm a chemist." I don't know. Like, why does she not like Wolverine? Yeah, exactly. It's just like, I didn't get that because there's also the part where Asian Hawkeye uses some weird chemistry stuff that he obviously learned from her to like poison his dart. But that's mm-hmm. it. And it's like, why is she there? Like, it says that she was his doctor in America at one point. Which, why was he even in America at one point? <laughs> I don't know. Her existence just raises questions. She was probably one of my least favorite parts of this movie that's what i'm saying like literally leave her out of the film and you get rid of some of the problems <laughs> yeah her character literally creates problems like why is she there essentially like i said earlier she's only there to subdue wolverine's um mutant gene well yeah let's talk about that a little bit too because how did that, that work I like, I don't know. What was the and little snake like, thing that she put in him or the little spider whatever it was? No, like it goes around his heart and stops uh-huh. him from healing super fast. What? But how does how? like how does something attached to your heart suppress your mutant gene to heal? Like I don't know. It's that's that's one thing I actually wrote down like the science of this film makes no freaking sense like especially with the silver samurai so you can take logan's life force by stabbing things into the bone marrow of his claws and suck out the life through that right like yeah exactly why why do you have to do that you can't like do something else like i i because again that another thing is like i thought adamantium couldn't be cut. <laughs> that's one of my nitpicks, dude. It, that, that's, we'll just talk about it since you brought it up. But yeah, you're yeah, you're 100% right. They even, 
they contradict themselves because in X2, Stryker's like, once adamantium hardens, it's indestructible. And that's true in the comics, too. Like, you're, you, nothing can destroy adamantium. So why the heck did they do that in this movie? Exactly, it doesn't it? It comes out of nowhere. Doesn't Wolverine get thrown into the sun at some point, and he only survives because his bones rotate around the sun for a while and then get shot back to Earth? Or I just make that up? I think there's something that may have happened, um, but the one I remember, Sean actually has this comic too, but it's it's one where Wolverine is like, I think he's in a plane and the plane goes down, but it goes down bad. Like he becomes a pure skeleton and he heals yeah. from that. Mm-hmm, exactly. So his skeleton literally can't be destroyed. There's no flipping way. Yeah, it, I know. Th- in cutting his claws, you create the problem that in the next movie, he has silver claws again. Uh, it's so dumb. They'd never address that. Because <laughs> even in the post credit scene, it's two years later, and he still has bone claws. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... Uh, and, and we've talked about it amongst our friend group. We're like, in order to re-get his adamantium claws, he would have to dip them in, but he would have like a bump, <laughs> right? You guys yeah, told they me would, that. If you dip it, then it would look really weird. Like, there's no way to get it perfectly... To where it's, you know, up to the point where the adamantium so exists. how in the frick did he get <laughs> perfectly sharp blades again after having his claws cut? Maybe it he went back no to Stryker. <laughs> no, Stryker's dead. Oh, yeah, that's right. He is dead. <laughs> He's not even alive. Yeah, you're right. Maybe he went back to... Uh, Mariko and was like, hey, your grandfather probably has some old adamantium plans around here somewhere. Can you help me with this? Because <laughs> she owns the company now, right? Like, she's mm-hmm. the sole proprietor of Yoshida. Well, it, it, it then begs Yoshida. the question, how did Wolverine's claws get, like, perfectly to perfectly shaped blades? Like, how did that happen? Yeah, I know. That's a good point. Did, did it? Because... Like, that's a comic book thing. That's not the movies. That's an entire comic book yeah. thing. It's like, wait a minute. How did that even happen? <laughs> there's, There are actually... A, there's a couple comic panels where... Actually, I'm just going to grab this really quick because there's one specifically that his claws, they look like they're bent. It's really weird. I don't know if it was just like an artistic choice or what, but... I'm going to send you a little picture of of that because it's really interesting. That's Ben Wolverine's claws. They can do that. Wobble, wobble, wobble. Because they're jello, apparently. Maybe that's why they can get away with it. Because Wolverine's claws in the comics alone are really weird. So they're just like, eh, we can make up our own rules too. And so they did. <laughs> the the annoying thing is they break their rule because the rule is that adamantium once it hardens from its boiling state it cannot it cannot be it cannot be melted down again and that's literally what they're doing is they're heating up adamantium and using it to melt other adamantium and that's yeah, against so the rules I guess let's play devil's advocate how hot do you think that blade would have to get to melt 
adamant. Let's just we'll play devil advocate. Act like adamantium is the strongest metal ever in the world. How hot would that have to get to melt it? I'm sure you can look it up. I think that they're like they've probably got comic data on that for like how hot how hot you have to melt adamantium to be. Because that's just like. Like he had that he had that amount of heat in a sword, and like that sword was pretty skinny. Like I, that, the sword would almost be getting melted, right? Unless, because see, here's the thing: isn't that sword adamantium? It is. That's the dumb thing. <laughs> Why is it the sword <laughs> melting? I just realized this. Why isn't the sword melting? But it can cut through claws. <laughs> oh my. God, oh, You're 100% I need to stop thinking right. about this. How does that even work? That's so dumb. They shouldn't have ever done that. They shouldn't even cut his claws. They should have figured out another way to suck the life force out of him because apparently that's a thing. You can suck the life force from Wolverine's bone marrow. Okay, I found it, finally. Yeah, okay. I know. that. <laughs> they don't explain that. That's the other thing. It's It's the way he gets incapacitated... And the fact that his healing factor can be taken from him, yeah, it's a thing, but they don't explain why it's a yeah, thing. Because and that's what irritates isn't me. That, isn't that genetics? Like, mutant is a gene. They even say it in other movies that it, there's a mutant gene inside of humans that makes them mutant. Yeah, you're right. It's like, so it's an inherent... It's inherent to their genetic code, so how can you take someone's <laughs> genetic mean? code? Because up to recently, we couldn't, like, just edit genetics. Like, now we can, but it takes forever to do. Like, it just, you it's, just don't do it. <laughs> it's ridiculously complex, yeah. It's like mm-hmm. it's almost like playing God. Like, it's really weird. Yeah, there's actually a Netflix, a Netflix documentary called Unnatural Selection, and it talks about it. And that's a oh, relatively new thing. I would go watch it, dude. It's a really nice, interesting thing. It yeah, that sounds pretty interesting. Like, hey, is it wrong? Is it right? It plays both sides. So yeah. it's definitely interesting. And seeing this picture, like, yes, how in the world does that make sense? <laughs> See, that had to be like a... That's an artistic, sure. like... It has to be, right? Like, yeah. They're so bent. <laughs> mm-hmm. And they're almost like know. screwdrivered, almost. It looks like they have, like, like you know how a screwdriver has, like, a coil almost? It looks like kind of like yeah. it, it wraps like around the bone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know, man. That's, Could be. I don't know. It's weird. That's one of those things, dude. But yeah, I don't think that she needed to be in this movie. I think that there's probably a better way to do it. I think you just, I don't know. It's like they, they needed her as an explanation to basically just like say, yeah, I'm a master chemist and I know chemistry and I, and you can take genes. Now you can take someone's genetic mutation away from, well, they already did that apparently. I mean, they did the whole, um, but like is the that trash chemistry? industries thing? Well, no, that not specifically, but that's more biology, I guess. Well, that makes no sense. I know chemistry, so you don't know (laughs) biotech or something? Yeah, you're right. That's dumb. Maybe they just didn't know the (laughs) word to say, and so they said, say chemistry. That that, that makes sense. 
Well, the chemistry stuff, I think, was like the poison. But yeah. I don't know. But What was her power anyway? She's got, Again, a, she's got she... a toad tongue and she can spit poop. And she can suck it back and make yeah, you that's good true. again. She does well, that. That was weird. She's an Asian, Asian Yeah, Hawkeye. you're right. <laughs> By the way, in that scene, I don't know if you noticed it, but in the background, there's a dude with a Spider-Man hat on. It's literally a black that. hat with the Spider-Man logo. And it was I just like... Maybe they didn't it. They must not have. Like, that had to be an extra... The definitely an extra that just stuck it on. I was like, <laughs> I got into Marvel X Men movie with Spider Man hat. <laughs> yeah, because that's not even the same studio at that point. Like that's mm-hmm. pretty funny. So yeah, there's uh, that, like I didn't put it as a point, but the way we've talked about it, it should have been a point. The science of this film doesn't make sense, and it's pretty it doesn't rough. even make sense from a a comic book standpoint it's just kind of like <laughs> hodgepodge they put it together and just said yeah. okay that's that's good enough when really it it wasn't like the science is just blah in this movie unfortunately yeah. because like to take away the mutant gene of someone you either it's what we've seen in past films would have to have a mutant who has that ability and take mm-hmm. their like blood or whatever and make some kind of thing that would take that away. Or you literally would have to like put the person to sleep, go in and edit the genetic code. That's a really good point. Like, cause apocalypse can take your mutant ability. I don't know if rogue, what if mm-hmm. they just use like, I don't know. Rogue was out of the picture, but what if they were like, yeah, we, we developed this whatever vaccine or whatever you want to say from, from rogue when she had her powers and it's able that, to steal your ability. That would have been such a better explanation too, because you know, in X-Men three, you see Char, you see Eric get shot, but at the end of X three, he still has his power. Yeah. So I feel like they could have done that and explained that in X3, that mutant thing didn't cure mutants. It only suppressed it for a certain amount of time. And it just depended on the user, on the person who who had the mutant yeah. gene. That would yeah. have explained X3. And they could have done it in such a small expository, like two or three sentences. And that would have been it. But no, they yeah. had to create an entire another character to do this. And they could have extended it to this movie, at least for the uh, suppressing Logan's powers. They wouldn't have explained Mm -hmm. the like the stealing his life force or whatever. But yeah, I don't know. At least we can explain one thing, though. And that would be good for me. (laughs) Just one thing. One more thing. That begs the question, though. Could Rogue kill Wolverine if she's just touching him for a really long time? Because he like we see that happen. Like he passes out pretty much. So if she kept going, would he die? I don't know. And that's like it's a whole other discussion. <laughs> I, I, honestly, I think he I, might. Like, cause he's, yeah, she's, I think that would kill him because she's remember, sucking the life force out of him. Because remember, Rogue, the way Rogue works is if you have a mutant gene, she sucks that out first. Yeah. And then after that, your life force comes to her. So technically, huh. she would take Wolverine's ability away and then kill him. 
So yeah, she could kill him. Dang, that's crazy. That's crazy mm-hmm. to think about. She's powerful, and they don't ever really go much in detail with it. Nope. <laughs> but yeah, that's all my points, dude. That's all your points. Well, I have three more. To go. All right, let's hear them. I think I'll start with. Uh, I guess this, I wrote down two, but they're technically again technically one. So these two points are. Was there a chance for a sequel to this movie with um, Yukio? Because they get on the plane together. Yes. And they could have gone <laughs> off and done something. Which also asks the question, what did Logan do for the two years before Eric and Charles came and got him? Adventures Again, with Yukio, I guess. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like, Did they want to do another movie with Wolverine? That was about those two years, possibly. Was Logan not the movie planned? Would they have, did they have another entire film planned, or is just just this just me overthinking it? Because I could really see that they could have done a movie that was in between um, the Wolverine: Days of Future's Past, and yeah, it literally yeah. could have been the adventures of Wolverine and Yukio, and that would have been cool to see. And yeah. but again, it begs that question that we asked last week: Would the Wolverine costume look really cheesy on Hugh Jackman? And we all agreed, yeah, it would probably not look that great. So I almost wonder yeah. if that's why we didn't get that movie because they were worried that because I feel like Wolverine would have worn that suit that those two years, and clearly yeah. he didn't operate with the X Men because whenever um. Charles and uh, Eric come and get him. He's by himself. So, uh, also, what happened to Yukio? <laughs> did he, exactly. Did he what just tell, tell her to go screw off or something? Yeah, I guess. Did she <laughs> maybe, die? Like, <laughs> maybe he fell in love with her too, and then she died because everyone he falls in love with dies. <laughs> that that would be sad, and I don't I don't know how I feel about that because I feel like they're more like brother sister. Then that would have been weird. Romantic. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. I, I could personally see that they could totally do have done a film where they use those two when but they come to America or Canada and they have to solve a mutant problem that the X Men aren't gonna solve. Could have been a yeah. cool yeah. concept. I don't know. I don't know. What do you what do you think about this? No, I think you're right. I mean I, I think it's super weird that they chose to end the movie that way where it's clearly like, yeah, we've got more in store for this character. But the, on the other hand, I don't think they had any other plans to do, a, to do a movie before days of future, like that was set before days of future past. Because if you think about it, the whole point of days of future past is to erase that timeline. So it doesn't <laughs> matter anyway. <laughs> so it's like, why would you make a movie in that timeline? It's, I don't know, man. It's just weird. I because mean, technically, that even means that Logan is not in the same timeline as the first two. The, the ones that we're reviewing. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, you're right. And I think it's one of those unfortunate things. It's like, it doesn't matter because they're just going to erase all this anyway. <laughs> it's like, aww. <laughs> yeah. That sucks. But... To be honest, maybe 
I, I know Hugh Jackman's done with being Wolverine and everything, and especially since now Disney has Wolverine. But yeah. say Fox still had um, Fox still had this, and say uh, they were like, well, we want to do another Wolverine film with you, Hugh Jackman. I'm sure yeah. they could have wa- waved a really, really big paycheck in front of his face and got him to come back and Maybe, do yeah. a, a a little like I, I guess like prelude that goes between the Wolverine and Days of Future's Past, which I know it would be like, well, you're just kind of making something that doesn't matter, which unfortunately, yes, but that's just, that's what I wonder, like if they had plans, why didn't they go through with it? I mean, clearly they were on going towards the end and, you know, they did Days of Future's Past and then they did um, Apocalypse, so I guess they just kind of said, screw it at that point. Yeah. I would still totally watch the movie if they said it in a timeline that doesn't technically exist anymore, but I would still definitely watch it because it's Hugh Jackman. But Mm -hmm. see, the thing is, I don't think they're ever going to get Hugh Jackman to come back. Like, I don't know. I don't know how large the paycheck would have to be to get him to agree to come back. Maybe for like a small, like multiverse cameo. If because I know that Marvel's got like a bunch of multiverse plans and stuff, and there's even talks about Tobey Maguire coming back as Spider-Man, which off the record, I'm super excited for if that ever happens. (laughs) Anyway, I think that they might be able to convince him to do something small like that. But he's done with the character because Logan was the send off for him. And I think that Mm -hmm. that's great, like because he really did retire the character really well in that movie. So it's just interesting, though, to think about what they were planning on doing Mm-hmm. I know that, it, but these are all plans that clearly they they didn't even go through with. Like they left this open, like oh we're gonna do something else, and you're right, they didn't, and maybe they never had it. Maybe I'm just being very optimistic. Maybe they had something, but unfortunately, well, also, why didn't happened. she stay with her sister? <laughs> like her sister's just alone now. She literally is like, you're all the family I have. Bye. I don't know. That's a, that is another like issue. I guess you could say, like, why didn't you stay? Yeah. Unless um, unless Mariko sent Yukio with Wolverine just to keep tabs on Wolverine because maybe. maybe she maybe she had that hope that Wolverine would come back to her. Obviously, nope. He just blinked and bonked, and at that point, so yeah, very true. I think the last one I have is I literally wrote down, let's talk about that Wolverine suit scene. Because why wasn't that in the theatrical release? Why it wasn't even in the extended release. Like why why create hope? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> why do that? Is yeah. it just like Why make it, it if you're never gonna follow through with it? <laughs> yeah, is it a fo- exactly, is it a fox thing? Because this is the first time it happened where they had a scene where you see a suit that is comic book accurate and would, I mean, we would agree it probably would look goofy on Hugh Jackman, but still, why create it if you're not going to do anything with it? Like at the end of Apocalypse, where they created comic book accurate suits for everyone, but in the next movie, Dark Phoenix, we have poo-poo suits. Why? Why do yeah. this? Thing? Why give us the hope that we're going to see something 
amazing and then just fart on it. It's, I don't know, like, I, I get where your frustration's coming from, but it's almost like if they had put that scene in this movie that we're reviewing, it wouldn't have really served the movie in any way. So I feel like that's probably why they put it as a featurette. But then, if they put it as a featurette, that means they took the time to make it in the first place. And so, yeah, you're right. It's like, why would they do that if they're not going to do anything with it? Mm-hmm. It's like you had the you had the costume department make that suit, just not to ever utilize it. So you reminded me of this. One of Wolverine's alternate suits... Uh, is like a yellow and orangish brownish one instead of blue mm-hmm. and yellow. I personally think that that one could work a little bit better um, in live action. Yeah, I see what you're talking about. You know, more monotone colors, right? That's. I think that that suit might work a little bit better, even like when he doesn't have the mask on, it still looks really cool. But when we extrapolate this onto the MCU, I feel like they are going to want to go with a more comic accurate look not that that means like they're definitely going to do some changes because that's like that's what the mcu does is they like modernize it in a way that still is faithful and so they'll probably do that in some sort of way like they'll probably give him the classic look because fans have wanted it for 20 plus years now or 20 years now and uh they'll probably just kind of modernize it like make it metal or something like that i bet it'll be like a like a more orangish yellow than a bright yellow and maybe like a deeper navy blue. Yeah, I could definitely see that. Of course, you know, we're we're definitely getting ahead of ourselves. They haven't even planned out <laughs> the X-Men. For the yeah, but you MCU know it's going to happen, though. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely going to happen. Of course, right now everything's put on hold. I'm sure True. all the Marvel people are sitting at home thinking about what they can do with the X-Men right now. If they're not, what are they doing with their time? Like, come on now. Ross, that is the last of my points. I don't have any more points. I know you don't. So I guess we move into the nitpicking section. Oh, yeah. So, Connor, I'll let you go first. All right. My first nitpick is that why is Fox so obsessed with making jokes about Wolverine hating flying? Because they do it in, like, every freaking movie he's in. And this one's no exception. Because it's literally, like... I think Logan might be, like, the one film where he doesn't... Where they don't put a flying joke in there. Because they never fly in that movie. But every other movie, (laughs) he's like, I hate flying. Stuff like that. And it's always, like, the worst plane, too. Because they get, get like, the worst situation. It's, like, the most turbulent it'll ever be. And Logan's just unlucky enough to be in that situation. (laughs) (laughs) Every time. (laughs) Every time. Like, even in Origins, he he had to ride in a really crappy plane. And then in in Gambit 2, he has to to go through storms, tornadoes. Yep. (laughs) They even do it in X-Men 1, I think. Because it's like the first time they get... That's where it started was they were going to Liberty Island and he was like, I don't like flying. And it's like, why? Like, <laughs> is that know. like a thing in the comics or no? I don't know. I don't know where that comes from, but they definitely took it and ran with it because they do it in every movie. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. 
<laughs> Another one that I noticed um, when they're on the the bullet train, that uh, that fight scene ended so abruptly. His Logan was like on top of the train, and it showed it showed like the shot of her him looking down at her, and then the next scene he's there with her in the train, and it's like. Did no one else on this train notice all of the stabbing in the roof? It nope. came out of note. Like, there was so much. <laughs> that train would be ripped to shreds at that point. Could you imagine if it rained? Like, every passenger would get soaked. Yeah, that would suck. <laughs> yeah. Just, you're on a train and all of a sudden, oh, water. it's a little drafty in here yeah because wolverine knocked a freaking wall out and threw a dude out of it (laughs) a whole wall no why was that wall made out of the crappiest material yes it's probably because the train has to go so fast i guess but still yeah you're right it just like it explodes when he throws a dude through it and then um another one this is probably my biggest nitpick of this movie <laughs> when Wolverine is trying to make it to go save uh Mariko at the end of the movie and he's fighting all those ninjas all of these ninjas are on rooftops and they're shooting harpoons into his back right mm-hmm. okay Wolverine has like 10 inch long adamantium claws <laughs> that can cut through anything what the heck are you doing, dude? Just turn around and slice it. <laughs> I was getting so irritated by that. <laughs> you're right. Like you're so. I, I I didn't write anything down, but when I was watching the movie, I was like, "We don't need this scene. He could just like slice all of that." And I he almost could. think like I almost think like the only reason he didn't. Is because they covered like their the tips of their arrows with that stuff, but but that wasn't at first. That was I know, just like exactly. that was like the fiftieth arrow. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know what to tell you, my friend. It was just it was literally just so they could get Wolverine restrained, which is another thing. It's like they were trying to stop Wolverine from getting to this place. Just to bring him to that place. Yeah. Why? Like it's, they it's literally so could have let him. They could have let him go up there, and then yeah, trapped exactly. him, and it would have been so much more easier. Instead of having a guy get cut up by a snowplow, <laughs> which I didn't even get to see. But people yeah, people died. A lot of people die just to get Wolverine yeah. there when he was already going there to begin with. You're exactly right because the whole point of there is no point. There is no point of of drugging him or of making him pass out and then just reviving him in the room. I guess it's to get him in the thing, in the little chair, but, like, you could still... I don't know. I think it would be better if he made it to the place and he's, like, he busts in the room and then gets hit with a face full of poison if you're going to do anything. Like, mm-hmm. just... I don't know. It's just... The way they, I don't, I didn't like that. It looked really weird, and it was like it didn't make sense because he could just slice through it all in no <laughs> time. Turn around and cut every wire. Exactly. Nothing like there were like it was butter. 
<laughs> exactly. Unless they have adamantium cables, which nope. whoop, wow, <laughs> I doubt that. There's yeah, no I way know. that's possible. That'd be freaking Flexible heavy to carry around. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, you're right. Um, and then I think I already mentioned this, but there was a couple parts where the Silver Samurai CGI looked pretty bad. Like it didn't look horrible. But there was a couple times where I was like, yeah, I can tell that that's just CGI and it's not like there's no one really there, you know, like it's not like an actual person. Yeah, uh, I don't know. There was it was it was all right. But whenever they started showing the dude inside of it is whenever it started getting like the dude's not in that suit. Like yeah, they definitely it was... like placed it after mm-hmm. they did the suit. Yeah, because he cuts the head off, and mm-hmm. then the, you literally see no one. Like, there's no head sticking out or anything. But then, even beyond that, this suit's made out of adamantium, right? It's supposed to be. How does Wolverine rip pieces off of it? I don't know. Again, it's not explained well. That's 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 the biggest thing, and that's that's literally one of my nitpicks as well. Like the science behind the samurai suit and how it sucks Wolverine's life and how this suit works all together. It's just not explained. Yeah. I wish it, I wish we would have gotten like a little more exposition to like how this suit worked. Like Instead maybe of he a could wolf take protector it off. story. Yeah. Maybe he could rip the pl- the plates off because they weren't attached with adamantium. They were just adamantium themselves. But Maybe. from what we from what we were told, the entire suit was adamantium. Yeah, exactly. So, so that yeah, was kind of weird to me. The whole suit in general know. just kind of dumb. And my final nitpick, <laughs> this has been a nitpick in a previous episode, but how did Professor X survive? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Just, he was able to transfer his conscience. And then morph the face of the human that he transferred the conscience to. No, but the the thing is, this is the line that you get in this movie. As I told you many years ago, Logan, you're not the only one who has gifts. Like, <laughs> what is your gift? To switch consciousness? <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Not explained. <laughs> not explained. Ever. Uh. It's like the same thing when uh, it, it reminds me of when Dumbledore in Harry Potter um, and the Half-Blood Prince, when he's like, Professor, I didn't think we could tell. I didn't think we could apparate inside of Hogwarts. And he's like, being me has its privileges. And it's like, no, it's not. You just made that up. Like, you just did it just for the sake of convenience. <laughs> you liar. <laughs> You don't have gifts, oh Professor God. X. All you can do is read minds. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I don't know. Well, I guess I should go ahead and say my nitpicks. Yeah, go for but, it. Because uh, um, some of them already talked about, so I'm going to skip some. But I think this is a nitpick that is really weird. Like, So whenever Wolverine walks into uh, where Yashida is for the first time, mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's on that table that can move. It yeah. Is 
is he entirely CGI or is that a real person on a CGI <laughs> table? Because he looks like he's fake. But at the same time, I'm pretty sure that's a real person sitting there. And I don't know yeah. if it's just because instead of doing makeup, they CGI'd his face. But he just, none of that guy looks real. And I know for a fact, that's a person, but that person looks super CGI and fake. I don't I don't know yeah. if he was or not. I mean, if you go back and watch it, it almost looks like that entire like table and dude are completely CGI'd. But I don't think they are. Yeah, that's maybe they were just trying to if they did CGI him, the only thing I can think of is that they were trying to make him look really old. But that's I mean, you could just do that with makeup. So I don't know why. Maybe he didn't want makeup. (laughs) The table definitely had to be CGI, though, because Mm -hmm. there's no way. But that raises that was another thing that reminds me of something else. Um, When he is sucking the life force out of Wolverine. He goes from a 120-year-old man to a 20-year-old in, like, two seconds. Like, it's... <laughs> it comes out of two nowhere. Seconds. Two seconds. That is oh, some fast-acting stuff, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it makes no sense whatsoever. <laughs> and so my next nitpick is um, when they're at the funeral and, like, Logan, like, he's like, nope, something's wrong. And he goes up and tells Mariko, hey, there's something wrong. Everyone acts like you're stupid. And it's only because of the language barrier. All of that literally could have been stopped if, like, Logan knew Japanese. And that sucks. (laughs) (laughs) That sucks so much. That means the plot was only moved forward because he didn't know their language. if If Logan would have known some Japanese... They they could have stopped that entire funeral <laughs> like fight scene from getting out of hand the way it did. All of that yeah. could have been solved. So well, that's really you cool also also why was the uh, why was homeboy Asian Hawkeye there in the first place? Like because he knew something was going to happen, obviously. But was he tr- was he trying to get Mariko? Because they were trying to kill Mariko. So I don't know. That was weird. I don't. I didn't understand yep. why he was there. But yeah, I, I, the language barrier doesn't really bother me too much. Like, well, yeah, it, I don't know. It I, makes sense, but it's like that's the only reason that the action is pushed forward because yeah, there's a right. language barrier. <laughs> well, the thing is, Yuri uh, Yukio is there, and she knows English, so she could have translated for him. Yeah, but she decided not to. And so all that mess happened because of her, essentially. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, maybe it's just because she didn't think anyone would listen to her because she's just a weak little girl. I don't know. Okay, and then another nitpick I have is in that same scene where the fighting is happening. Why is Viper recording Logan? She was recording him with a phone? She is on her phone. Yeah, you're right. Recording. And it never comes up again. She's just <laughs> la di da. I'm gonna record Logan getting almost killed and murdered. Uh, why? That's <laughs> a good to, point. Just to prove that you you thwarted his mutant ability. Is that it? 
But then it's like, why does that matter? You already knew it happened. Like, you could have seen him just sitting there. It's not like she has to use that for proof or anything. Like, she's the only one who cares that she did it. Because later on, when she's talking to Asian Hawkeye, she's like, I took Wolverine's power. No one else. It was me. And it's like, okay, you don't even show him the proof. by that time, it's irrelevant. (laughs) Because he already took the heart bug off of him. So it's like, why are you recording, you goober? I think maybe they were going to use that to, like further explain how she was going to do the the life force sealing thing, but they don't. They never do. <laughs> yep, they don't. So weird. Why did they do that? I don't know. She just started recording. Yeah, I have footage of the Wolverine being killed. Why? Why do you need that? It's posted it on her fan page. Mm-hmm. I guess so. That's, that's it. And then, um... This is my last one. Um, why did okay? It has to do with Viper again. Um, <laughs> we did we have to watch her shed her skin? Like was that? Oh gosh, that was like, so gross. It just took us away from the main action. It was to give Yukio someone to fight. Yeah, she just ugh, she could have been killed, and we would have had a better life. She could have been left out of this movie and would have better life. Yeah, I, I really agree. Dumb. I don't know why they did that. In this in the first place. It's almost but like yeah. they just wanted to put another mutant in here to show that, hey, mutants are still a thing, and this is, they have powers. It's such a weird scene to include in your movie. Yep, so that's, I also want to know why did, okay, here's, it's not a nitpick, but I just saw it right now. And it's like, why did Yashida's son try so hard to stop Logan from getting to that tower? Like, he fought Logan to the death. Yeah. Oh, like, that was another... I forgot to put that down. I have one more nitpick, actually. And it's... um, Why? His name is Shinjin. Mm-hmm. Um, did he not know that Logan could heal? Because he, he like... Logan's like, um, I'll let you live with the fact that you tried to kill your own daughter. And he walks away and then Shinjin comes out of nowhere to try to kill him again and stabs him and nothing happens to Logan. And he's like, you, what kind of monster are you? And it's like, did you not know this man can heal? Like, that's his whole thing. Like, how are you surprised? Yeah. And you know what? That brings up another thing. Earlier in the film, Shinjin, he, he, like, says something, like, he gives, like, Logan a backhand comment about him being mutant. And it's like, wow, I guess even in Japan, there's mutant racism going on. Which yeah. sucks. <laughs> because it's That's like, true. I guess not just America is racist against mutants at this <laughs> point. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I feel like, uh, Sinjin didn't really need to like go after and try to kill Logan. I just guess it was just just to have another sword fight. Which was, I loved that uh, fight though. That was a exactly. really cool it's a great fight, fight scene. But it's like, what is it? What was its purpose? <laughs> yeah, you're right. Well, guys, that's that. That brings us to our final portion 
of the podcast where we give the film a rating and we tell you where this movie fits in our ranking of the films. Yes, that so is Connor, true. I, I would like to hear your 1 through 10 rating first. I want to see how high you put this movie or possibly how low, which I don't think it's low because we've been talking this film up, so... So, I gave this movie a 7.8. Oh, um, I I enjoyed this movie, man. I, I had a lot of fun watching this one again. I forgot how much I liked it. So, yeah, I put it pretty high. What about you? All right. Well, I gave it a 7. So, we're not far off from each other. Just okay, .8. cool. So, I mean, I gave it a 7. I definitely, definitely really liked watching this film. Yeah. So tell me your. Uh, I'm curious to hear your uh, ranking. Where you put this on your list? All right. So number one, Days of Future Past. Number two, X Men First Class. Number three, X Two. Number four, The Wolverine. Number five, X Men. Number six, X Men Apocalypse. Number seven, X Men Origins Wolverine. Number eight. Dark Phoenix, and number nine, X-Men The Last Stand. That's my ranking, oh, Freddy. That's your ranking. I got this one so, at number four. Uh, well, I, we're, we are different, but we're not too far off from each other. So um, my ranking of the films now, adding The Wolverine. At number one, we have Days of Future's Past. Number two is First Class. Number three is X2. Number four is X1. Number five, The Wolverine. Number six, X-Men Origins Wolverine. Number seven, Apocalypse. Number eight, X3. And last and least, Dark Phoenix. (laughs) So really, we have just a slight difference between those. And I just... um, So I, I have to say, the reason I put this one at number five... Is because after watching it, I do have to say, this is not a movie that I could just put on and just have on in the background. I, For me, I would definitely have to have this like playing and I'd have to be fully invested. Yeah. And I feel like I wouldn't have to do that with X1. Which is why I put kept X one at number four. At X one, I feel like I could put this on, and go back and forth from watching it and doing something else. So yeah. that's that's for me why I put it just one spot lower than yourself. See, I'm I watch different I watch movies different from you and probably most people in the fact that there's not a whole lot that I can just turn on and keep on in the background. So usually if I have a movie on, I am fully invested in it. And that's true of all of these movies on this list. So maybe I could turn it. I think the only one on this list that I could just turn on and do something else with is probably X-Men Origins Wolverine. Mm, Okay. Okay. I see. I see. Well, yeah, that's, uh, that's it guys. (laughs) That's, that is our view of the Wolverine. And next Good. week, we get to watch the saddest film ever made. Oh, man. In my opinion. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be rough. I love that movie, though. So I'm excited to watch it. But you guys definitely go check out The Wolverine because it's probably better than you remember. It's I I really enjoyed it. And also check out Logan and um, tell us what you think. How would you rank both the uh, just the Wolverine trilogy and also all of the X-Men movies as a whole? Because we want to know. We want to see what you guys thought of these movies just as much as we like talking about them. So definitely go do that. And um, as far as things to plug, definitely go follow our Instagram. It's at Cinema Seekers Pod. Um, hopefully in the future, we'll start putting like polls and stuff up there and kind of asking like what you guys want us to do and hopefully get some input from you guys so that we basically you get to choose which movies we watch to some extent. We're not going to watch a bunch of bull crap or anything. We're not going to watch a Moji movie or anything like that, but Oh heck no. I've never seen that movie <laughs> and never will see that movie. Yeah, I won't either. So, um, to some extent, but we will definitely take your guys's input into consideration when figuring out which movies we want to watch. You got anything else to add, Freddie? No, pretty much everything you said is all right with me and definitely works for me. And if that's all we have to say, I think we should go ahead and tell our audience thanks for listening and do everything Connor just said. And, you know, we're we're almost done with this X-Men thing here. We're getting there, man. Yeah, it's Uh, been a fun fun going back to these, man. It's definitely been a ride, and... I'm kind of glad we did the X, the Wolverines first because we don't have to end on a sad note. <laughs> we, I, I we agree. Yeah. On the happier and much more funnier films. So, um, <laughs> guys, uh, like we said, go watch Logan to prepare for our next podcast and come back next week and listen to what we have to say about it. But uh, I guess until then, guys. We are the Cinema Seekers over here seeking cinema. Oh, and yeah. I'm Freddie. I'm Connor. And, and that's uh, a wrap. Think, that's it. That's it. Thank you, guys. Thank you. you guys Have a good later. one. Goodbye. Goodbye.